on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You are listening to Keep It, unless you got rid of it, because it did not spark joy in your life. (laughs) Can I say that? (laughs) I watched that on New Year's Day. I watched the Marie Kondo Netflix show, and I love her, but it's the same shit over and over. It's just people- It it was my Keep It today. I'm going to come up with a new one now. It's not like- I I just need the reveals. I just need the before and afters. I like the book. Yes, I like um, the book. But- yeah, it was really just like a lot of scenes of people folding clothes. And no one had any conflicts with the cleaning. There was very little, like I expected the couple who had that enormous house with like all of that shit in it. Yeah. I expected the husband to be a little more interesting. I was like, oh, surely they're going to fight about things. And he just quietly and respectfully cleaned up his house. <laughs> right. That was, that was it. Also, I mean, I respect her basically as a scammer. She walks in, she's like... What would make this place cleaner? Hmm, what if you cleaned? And then they do it. <laughs> right. As a home makeover show where you make everyone else do the work, it is right. sort of a beautiful scam. Yeah. And it doesn't help that the first episode features a truly horrendous couple. They were they were fine. I just felt the like one the with hus- the kids. The the people who kept saying, babe. I know. Babe. He he seemed Babe. so angry the whole time, and she kept being like, "No, remember when you helped out that one time?" Like she kept trying to like feed him like uh, uh, qualities we would like, and um, then he wouldn't take them. I'm just like, there is nothing wrong with sending your laundry out, right? You know. Also, she does so little work. <laughs> oh please! She, she walks in. And she walks. Yeah, she walks in and is like, "This is how you fold some t-shirts." Um, so go fold some t-shirts. I'll be back in a week. <laughs> Like she doesn't do anything. It's when incredible. She, when she vanished yes. and then it was like a week later, I was like, well, damn. She's like, clean the garage. I'll be back next week. <laughs> that, Nor does she it. have any insight on the family, really. She's not like, oh, well, that's got to stop or anything. She's just, figure it out. I'm going to go find another well-fitted camisole. This is this is in 2019. These are the scams we need to be finding for ourselves. They because are. Marie Kondo yes. was getting some checks Minimum off of very amount, little. Minimum amount of work. Yes. Smiling at people, giving some hugs. And the translator's doing most of the work. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Actually having to have a conversation with these people. And Marie's like, I'm just going to wander around. <laughs> because my favorite thing is, too, like when she will speak English like quite well. Yeah. Oh, right. So out like, of oh, nowhere. She just sort of didn't want to. She didn't want to do it. Yeah. Uh, Kara and I spent a lot of time watching Netflix in the new oh, year. Oh, God. <laughs> because we also watched the show You. Oh, which you won't Ooh. shut up about. That's right. Well, I, because I finished it last night. It's insane. It's, it's literally bonkers. It's... I love Penn Badgley, so. And Penn, how skinny was he? He's too skinny. Where you like eat a sandwich, man? Yeah, he like lost um like a full in in his name. Well, yeah, it's just just one one in. I would <laughs> like to right do now. a reading of my favorite line from that show, a Please show do. which had many incredible lines. Please do. I know which one it is. He's been clean since nine eleven. Beck, he was in an airport when it happened. <laughs> 
was like, that is incredible. Uh, you is a show that aired on Lifetime last year. <laughs> And it was canceled by Lifetime, and Netflix is doing the second season. So it dropped in the new year, and it is truly bonkers. It's about the dumbest woman in Manhattan and her stalker. Um, that, they should have named it the dumbest woman in Manhattan. First of all, yeah. this white woman and her open windows um, that she continues to have sex in front of. <laughs> she is also being followed by this man in a cap for for months, and she never and he's even like, notices. Right there. He's right there. Oh, God, and she doesn't see him? There are no. scenes where he's at the next table just sort of, like, <laughs> peeking over his shoulder. And it's like, bitch, open your eyes. Oh, my God. Okay, well, I guess I'll watch this. It's, uh, it's pretty it, – it, it's worth it. All right. Yeah, every person of color uh, is very smart. The only – the one black woman was like, I don't know about this dude. Right. And, and sure enough – Things worked out much better for her than it did a bunch of other people. Well, and Shay Mitchell is the only one <laughs> yeah, who's like, you know what? Let me get a gun. Yeah. She's like, your dude is real creepy. Does this not seem at all weird to you? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> also, the names in that show, Guinevere, oh, Blythe, yeah. Peach uh, Salinger. Peach Salinger. Oh, which, uh, who gets like think pieces written about her? Like, I can't stop hearing about that people character. People are obsessed with Peach. She's kind of iconic. Yeah. Yeah. It's played by Shay Mitchell from... Pretty Little Liars. Right. Also, I'm very happy that we have a new entry in the Gossip Girls being psychotic genre because I always remember that movie, The Roommate with Leighton Meester. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those people should always be playing creeps. They're so pretty. Well, it's also fun if you watch Gossip Girl too, because yeah. Dan ended up being Gossip Girl. Mm-hmm. So now it's sort of like, this is what Gossip Girl would really look like if right. that boy was running around all over Manhattan <laughs> stalking Taking people. nights was, like Blue's Clues everyone all day. I, everyone I texted with about the show, we just called him Dan Humphreys. I was like, yeah. why is Dan Humphreys, why does he have a cage in his basement? <laughs> There's a cage. There's a book cage. In the bookstore. There is, he holds people in it. It's just, you really have to see it to believe it. There is one thing that I need to tell you. Yes. The girl, Candace, um, yes. on the show. Do you know who that is? No. That is Lala from Vanderpump Rules' husband's ex-wife what? oh duh no, that, is, that is the mother of his two kids that is the woman who was legally separated from her man when she couldn't mention him on vanderpump rules because they weren't divorced yet you know what she's Good 29 <laughs> she's 29 she's 29 she had two kids by a movie producer got divorced and now she's on a netflix show it really just deepens you it's just Doesn't another it? layer Doesn't to a it? show with already so many layers. I want to be clear. So this show is over. Well, no, the first the season first just season. ended. Oh, I see. I thought you said it. They Lifetime, canceled it. On Lifetime, Lifetime canceled it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And Netflix has decided that they're going to produce the second season. Oh, heroic. Also, okay. Women in 2019 were not talking to men. Because no. based off of this, you're like, <laughs> oh, I just can't speak to a man ever again. Right. No. Marie Kondo's not doing it either. She's got a translator. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> We're going to kick off 2019 by, unfortunately, talking to a man. Uh, (laughs) But it is Dan Levy from Schitt's Creek. I am very excited. He is a a dreamboat. He's a delight. And we're going to talk to him about the Golden Globes. Oh, that happened. Yeah. uh, Kevin Hart did a great job. (laughs) Oh, sure. Uh, It was fantastic. We're going to get into that with him. Also, we're kicking off the show in 2019. I didn't feel like talking about Louis C.K. this week. Mm. I mean, we know that nigga's didn't trash. That, didn't spark yeah. joy? Yeah. He's trash. He's trash. Whatever. He's continued to be trash. He's still Shocker. masturbating. He hates the Parkland kids. Was 
Kevin Spacey, while we were on vacation, yes, the it video. was. Too, yeah, Kevin Spacey yeah. also dropped um, a hot new video from his upcoming album. He was doing his southern accent while in his kitchen. Yeah. I don't know. Robin Wright was like, can I leave the fucking planet? <laughs> uh, that happened. And also, Tiffany Haddish was harassed by a man. Men have just been trash in Already. 2019. Guys, it's Already. been like four days. She had a bad New Year's stand-up set, which a lot of stand-ups have. Relatable. Set. Yeah. Uh, it's a live show. And some dude just like filmed her, walked up to the stage. You know, I know that like heckling is part of... I'm not, I don't go to a lot of stand-up comedy shows. I know that heckling is part of the thing. Yeah, right. (laughs) Is part of it. And, you know, like a comedian sort of clapping back and that kind of thing. But honestly, at a certain point, I was like, fucking security should have removed that dude. Yeah, it's disgusting. Because he's just, and he's messing with her, like, kind of because she's a black woman, too. And you're like, just go. If he's going up and recording the stage and yelling into his phone, he needs to be removed. And she's in like an arena. So it's not like a club where she could sort of yell back. They could have the dialogue and she could do whatever and make jokes. It's like she can't address that dude from the stage. So he's really just upsetting the performance. Right. I mean, only Patti LuPone has a voice that can really <laughs> resonate right. through an entire theater and yell at someone. Oh, my God. Legendary. <laughs> anyway, are we ready? I guess so. Oh, I show? guess. All right. When we're back... We're going to do things a little differently this year. We're going to talk about the Golden Globes with Dan right away. We're back to talk about the Golden Globes, which were 25 hours. Yes. It's like watching a Greek play competition. (laughs) Uh, We are here with Dan Levy. I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. You sound excited. I leapt out of bed this morning. Oh, my God. Just oh my it God. never happened. Was that an accident? Yeah. <laughs> Partially. It'll subside. Give it like three minutes. All right. Yeah. Perfect. You'll hate us by the end of yeah. it. Oh, w- wonderful. <laughs> uh, you know, we never start out with a guest. This yeah. is so exciting. This is a 2019 twist. Yeah. Like, I'm you were honored. in our first topic. I am absolutely honored. But we, we needed a special guest for the 76th annual Golden Globes, <laughs> which were on Sunday night, hosted by Sandra O oh and Andy Samberg. Sandra was great. <laughs> there was yes. like five seconds of dead silence. I tried to remember what happened. It was mere two days ago. Sandra O oh looked incredible. She continues to have the best head of hair in Hollywood. And uh, she looked amazing. And that snatched rad number? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, couldn't have looked better. Couldn't have. I'm still trying to remember it, to be right, perfectly sure. honest. Yeah, well... It's coming to me in waves. Do you remember any of their jokes? I remember... No, what I remember is Sandra O's like, sincerity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was nice. I felt like, she, in particular, she had... It was an incredibly sort of powerful night for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could not have gone better for her in terms of just walking away with a trophy. And, I mean, her parents... Oh, my God. Dad, yeah. dad I know. Up. 
It also, was... by the way, I'm totally a fan of people hosting award shows and then giving awards to themselves. And it's particularly if it's Sandra Oh. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. I was like, there, she's getting this. When she was standing there, I was like, girl, you know they're giving you this. Right. Yeah, right. Like, just just strut out here and exactly. get that glove. It's a uh, really great in the wings win. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? When they're standing and they and, get to come out and you get the behind the scenes shot of right. people yeah. like being totally surprised. And, and she and, got yeah, there fast. Real fast. Because she was right there. She didn't have to do that bullshit maze through the table. She was like, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm she talking. She earned an extra like 20 exactly. seconds on her speech. <laughs> just from proximity. Right. Uh, speaking of people taking too long to get to the stage, it was quite rude how far away Glenn Close was. Oh, no. <laughs> she was she was like at McDonald's next door. <laughs> uh, Glenn Close, uh, let's just get right to that, won that glove. Lady what? Gaga did not win for A Star is Born in acting. Yes. Glenn Close won for The Wife. Glenn Close had to take a train right. to get... <laughs> Straight to the stage. She had to do a front handspring over three tables. shuttle yes. that picked her up at her table <laughs> and did its best to get her to the stage. It was nice to see her win, though. It was nice. Yeah. Her speech was very moving. It was a nice like moment. Had not heard of that movie, but uh, I was very happy for her. Michael Douglas won that night, too. So they had a little Fatal Attraction reunion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I mean, listen. I'm not as much of, I'm more of a TV person. Mm-hmm. So like I, I watch a ton of, I feel like when we talk about stuff, like I have watched a lot of TV and like I think the two of, you watch a lot of TV too, Ira, but at you, like Lewis, you I'm do a lot more film. Yeah. But even I for me. I these two Spider-Verses together. Even for me, this year's Golden Globes, it felt like chaos. I was like, what are these movies? I've never even, at least I've heard of them. You know, there's like, I'm like, oh yeah, that one. I was like, they made this up tonight. This isn't a movie. <laughs> I had not heard of anything that had won or was nominated. I was like, what is happening? No, like even um, Green Book, which won Best Picture, is not like a hit. You know, like none of these movies are like bouncing off, like are, are legends. No, it's very weird that I haven't seen some of these movies. Have you and seen The Wife? Them, some of them, I just didn't care. I did see The Wife and I enjoyed it. Ugh. They, only because Where I got like. Where did you see that? Did you go to? A, did you buy a ticket and go to the theater? Or it was a screener. It was a screener. I had screeners. I, I had screener. screeners too. They but sent I us multiple screeners. By I was the way. at my dad's house and there were two wife screeners. Like the wife is drowning people in screeners. They are just like here have six. And it's also the definition It'll of the screener. It'll ensure that you're going to watch it, and you did. Yeah. It's the definition of the screener that shows up first and like the most bare bones jacketing. They're just like trying to get it into the conversation. Yeah, it's like you know? a compact disc sleeve, like an envelope. Instead yeah. of the actual, case. it looks like a PlayStation One game. I don't have a DVD player, so I have I have my screeners from like the last three years, just sitting. I'm like, oh, I guess stacks of them. Stacks of There's them. Just boxes of like I Netflix, use my PlayStation. television shows. Like, that, I oh yeah, the should Netflix buy a DVD all. player. They're like thirty dollars. I thought about like what they should do now is do like a little portable DVD player that can just Ooh, USB yeah. into mm. your TV. Because I had to dust off my PlayStation to hook up, a, <laughs> and I eventually just said no. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Mary Queen of Scots. There, I said it. Oh, my God. Should I weep in front of you? <laughs> my DVD player was too impossible to hook up. Well, you know what? We invited Sersha here to okay. berate you in person. Oh, my gosh. Where is she? <laughs> that dress was incredibly eye-catching. She Pe- looks great. She, looks, she looked, always looks great. Don't you feel like one of the things that was bothering me, though, with some of the, the fashions of the evening, one, I don't... 
personally, and I think it's because like if a man is standing next to me, I don't want him in some busy ass jacket. And I was like, some of these dudes, these tuxedo jackets, it's like a tux is only so interesting, sir. Just calm down with the beating. Oh yeah, Zara and <laughs> was, Top yeah. Man happened to exactly. everybody. Exactly, it yeah. was a bit too much. And then Timothy I felt like Timothy Chalamet looking like he was entering, was, uh, competing with yeah, Adam Ripon. It was just in a skating confusing. Competition. And then all of the women, so many of the women were in these like very '90s like strapless A-line ball gown things, and I was like, I don't know that this is the look that's strongest for everyone. It did feel like very Emmys 1998. Yes. Oh yeah. yes. Like a classic strapless. Emmys. I mean, it was so many of them. Yeah, Gillian Anderson's coming out moment was the theme of <laughs> the 2019 Golden Globes. But it's like I don't remember. I remember Sandra O's red dress. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't remember what anyone else is wearing. I remember, I remember Rachel she... Brosnahan and that yellow thing, which again is controversial because she has a white pink complexion like I do. So mm-hmm. when you wear yellow, I get a little worried. Well, yes, uh, white women <laughs> really should not be wearing yellow. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Gaga. <I> rem- <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay, the, yeah. It was a vi- like a violet confection. Yeah. I liked her And she dress. dyed the hair, too. And yeah. did the hair as well. I feel like A Star is Born really came into that show thinking, we've got it down. They were two feet from the stage. Bradley yeah. Cooper they were had on the his stage. chair turned. The seats facing. were actually side stage. <laughs> and they were just waiting. And uh, it never happened. Never, no. And I felt like even the show itself was like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, who? It is like the Golden Globiest movie. Like fits perfectly into the musical category into which it was not submitted, which is some well, that's hackery. the other thing. And I almost wonder whether they regretted it in the end. They were like, do we go drama? Do we go musical? Do we do and then chose drama? Because I guess that's a closer step to the Oscar consideration. Right, but it was such a strong... with a comedy. Yeah, right. It was such a strong playing box office movie. I, just, I don't know why they well, did that. Well, actually, you know what? I was not really shocked that Bohemian Rhapsody did so well just because i've been hearing so many people love it it also made a ton of money it made a ton of money like regular people you know the people (laughs) who aren't us Uh, (laughs) they loved this movie and it's like of course i mean people love queen uh rami malek is good in it i assume i'm not gonna watch it it. i'm i mean i don't know how much brian singer directed Mm-hmm. Most, I, right. think, I think most of it. And was he even thanked? No. No. Right. So but there is now d- a complete, there's like just there. He did an silence. Instagram where he said, thank you, Hollywood Foreign Press. And it was a photo of him in a director's chair. And the only famous person I know of to congratulate him was Brett Ratner. <laughs> that movie, by the way, is, it, that movie is very much a, uh, uh, in the way a lot of biopics are, a Wikipedia movie. Like, you can just see them moving through the biography, sure. like, step by step. Though he is good in it. Um, but And Queen produced the film. Yeah, Brian May is very much I, responsible. Which made me wonder, like, what version of the story are we getting? Right, the surviving members who are probably like, let's have a movie where Freddie Mercury is not the star. Right. That everybody... <laughs> was most interested in talking about. Well, they keep like, they, they talk about Freddie and then there'll be a moment where the band's like, and did you know I came up with this drum solo? Like, oh, learning about the band's contributions to Queen. Like, yes, I'm sure you wrote shit in Queen. I'm not like, <laughs> I like don't need Sarah to hear that Franklin in the movie. is waiting for everyone in Destiny's Child to die so she can make that movie. <laughs> I will, I was sitting there though, cause I, right before they announced it, I was like, Bohemian Rhapsody is gonna win. Mostly, I was happy. I was like, I mean, not that I cared at all, but I was like, mostly happy that Green Book didn't win. No, Green Book did win. I that... thought, didn't they? Oh, he won in the other category. Correct. Green Book yeah, won yeah. drama. Fuck. Drama. 
Wait. Oh, you mean Viggo but... Mortensen did yes, win? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That man. Well. Though, by the way, Mahershala did not a performance I'm a fan of. Can I also say, when they were standing. He won for Moonlight. But, right. We'll when say they that. were standing up there, you see Octavia Spencer and Mahershala standing like on the edges. So Mahershala starred in that film and he's like way off to the side. And they have these looks the way that you assume the cast of Crash was like, I don't know that this is going to age well. <laughs> and they're like, uh, they both looked like just, not. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You just got a snort out of me <laughs> with that. They just looked like. Okay. Not as happy as you think they would, and they're they're thinking of fifteen years from now, and like this footage rolling. Yeah, and I could see the looks on their faces, and I'm like, guys, it's you're not the ones to blame, but yeah, well, this is gonna look weird in fifteen years. Too is I don't think people knew that Octavia Spencer was a producer on the film, and so now there were so many questions <laughs> directed at her that I night. didn't know right. that. Yeah, yeah, she was a producer. I mean, listen. I love Octavia, but she likes to make these kind of movies. Yeah, <laughs> the help. She 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 has Tate Taylor on speed Hidden dial. Figures is like in that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It also. It's just that you know, black people liked Hidden Figures. My favorite. Well, my <laughs> my favorite moment was when one of those three white men who you know told our history was up there like a story about pre-civil rights era, and I was like, wasn't this movie set in like the fifties or sixties? <laughs> I was not aware that was pre-civil rights era. <laughs> Did not know that. Thank you, sir, for letting... I'm like, what is happening? What is happening right now? You know what's also interesting about that movie is because it's about the 60s, I think people, for some people forgive it for seeming dated in certain ways, but it truly feels like a movie made in 1968. It feels right? like an episode of All in the Family or something where it's just like, can you believe it? These two got along. It's like, yes, I can't believe it. It's can you not... believe the white guy introduced him to fried chicken? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Literally a plot point. It felt like a fever. Like everything with the Golden Globes, I felt like a fever dream. I was like, I'm high. Some, like this, nothing, none of this is actually happening. Well, someone else who was probably expecting to win a lot was Vice. Didn't and they it, win? I think they just won he one. Won. Thing, didn't they? Christian Bale yeah. won. Christian Bale won, oh, yeah. but Amy Adams once again was just sitting at the table, <laughs> not getting any award. As a human being, I can't watch her lose things. I'm sorry. It's just, it's too tough. I'm tired of it. Can she stay home? Right. <laughs> yeah. It does become almost like a yearly thing where you're like, well, I guess I'll put the dress on. And, right. right. <laughs> the, I guess that's what I'm doing. Well, it's it's January. Uh, so it begins. I know. And she's got her smile down, you know, just sitting there with the cameras there. And I'm like, she, I will say this year, like her dress, it looked like she was like, I don't know, guys, just bring me whatever. Like, it didn't look like she was like, this is going to be a moment. She's just like, I have to wear a dress tonight. Just well, bring that's me a whatever. conversation that like, I wonder what you have. What What is that conversation with the stylist? Like, I mean, yeah. I think most people going into an award show know what their chances are. Right. So mm -hmm. the conversation would inevitably be like, well, let's go under. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily want to do the full. I don't need the two pairs dress. of spanks tonight. You know, like I'll just be comfortable because I'm going to be sitting. Let's here. keep me comfy. Yeah. Like Charlize Theron and Tully, not going to win. Was she wearing sweatpants? Maybe. I don't know. Underneath, likely. Yeah. Gaga's dress was so big because she thought that she was going to have to Absolutely. carry all the globes. It was going to be a moment, and yeah. she got that moment for best song. Yeah. Just not the one that I think she wanted. Yes. No. Of course not. Bradley Cooper did not win anything either. I mean, he's also, the thing that I think is funny is come Emmys and Oscars, it's going to be an entirely different group of people. 
Like winning, like Green Book is not winning Oscars. I hope not. Well, well that's a, an interesting thing because I feel like they always talk about how the Golden Globes are some precursor for Oscar stuff and that uh, A Star is Born not getting the awards that they thought it would get in some way would affect its Oscar right. chances. I don't actually know if this year is that kind of no, it, thing. No, it feels like it's going to be a very different, I mean, or even like, the, like that The Good Place just... Was there was nothing? Oh right. Well, by the way, if we're talking about the TV, uh, TV awards and Golden Globes, like they are lunacy very... because the Hollywood Foreign Press. Oh, they don't know. They shit. don't watch TV. No, right. they always yeah. pick. They always pick the newest show. Their big thing is picking the show you haven't seen yet, so you can't knock them for being wrong. They're like <laughs> the, the Kaminsky method. It's great. Just trust me on this. <laughs> That's a solid strategy. Right. Yeah. And also, it used to be that there weren't so many movie award shows. So when the Golden Globes awarded stuff, you thought, oh, naturally this would lead to what wins at the Oscars. But now we have all these critic circles awards and stuff, and those tend to be more prescient than the Golden Globes, which is just guessing at what's going to happen what's at the Oscars. Weird about Golden Globes with TV, too, is that the Golden Globes always comes at the beginning of the year, and then the Emmys are, like, in September. By the time the Globes roll around, I can never remember which season of a TV right. show someone is nominated <laughs> well, that, for. Rachel Brosnahan won for second season of Maisel this year, or was this her first? She um, won the Emmy for the first season, and then she also won a Golden Globe, Globe last year. For her for, the first season. Correct. Yes. So this is, she won for the second season. Which which just maybe, came maybe. out. I felt like the second season aired during the Globes. So. <laughs> the premiere of Maisel happened simultaneously with the Golden Globes. I had not heard of, I mean, I kept seeing like The Bodyguard on Netflix and I was like, is it Whitney? I assumed yeah. it was a remake of the Sadly, Whitney Houston classic. It's not. It's not. Yeah. But like that in the, I guys, I thought the Kaminsky Method was a TV sh- or a movie. Because I kept well, walking by like the billboard. Movie. You know the billboard above the uh, Shell station on oh, Fairfax? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, this Netflix movie that Ben Stiller did. And then it, I literally figured out it was a TV show when I saw it was nominated in these categories. Yes. No, the Ben Stiller did Escape at Donnamora. Didn't, didn't he also? Kaminsky produ- Method is Chuck Lorre. Chuck Lorre. Mm-hmm. He didn't have anything to do with it? It seems wasn't like he on, sh- Wasn't he on a, one of the billboards? Am I making this up? Maybe All these just, men look the now same. Now I'm confused. I don't know anything. That, I don't know what was happening. I actually have not watched the Kaminsky method. Of course you have. Of course uh, you haven't. I love a Chuck Lorre joint. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy the show, Mom. Uh huh. I actually do like Mom. Allison Janney, by the way, looked great. She, she looked amazing. She's six foot seven and so nice about it. It's incredible how I mean, you know. Oh, and Jamie Lee Curtis. And Jamie Lee Curtis. J- yep. We actually so Lewis and I worked on Busy Tonight's. Um, Golden Globe special. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, sitting there packing out jokes. Yeah, writing little writing jokes. Mm-hmm. We were there. I feel like everyone went crazy when Jamie Lee Curtis walked out. It was a look. She looked great. It was a full head-to-toe white, like, iced. Care how yes. I like the dress. Oh, okay. Um, Let me tell you, Michael Myers has been hunting her for decades, Kara. Okay? She's been exhausted, running from death for decades. This is what I'm saying, though, where I was like, clearly, I don't know anything that happened at the Golden Globes, quite obviously. I don't know what was happening. Jamie Lee did look uh, exceptional. And her also dress she, was she very nice. She just has such a command. Her dress was very nice. She always, she just has that. I, I've used this reference before. Joan London for Claritin. It's a particular look of seriousness and sheath dress <laughs> that she brought to it. Well, I have. N- I, I, you were talking about the bodyguard before. I haven't watched it yet, but Richard Madden 
is well, one I'm of the most gorgeous it. men I've yeah. ever He's seen. He's great in the show. Okay, I I'm need to watch Great it. in the show. Yeah. yeah, he was great in my dream last night. It was so gross. I feel like the bodyguard <laughs> oh, <good> God. <laughs> uh-huh. will live up to expectations. Yeah. I wish I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else I love, though? Shit's Creek. Oh, that's yeah. very nice of you to say. Do you know what Shit's Creek is like to me? It's like um, Happy Endings or 30 Rock or the movie Clue, where people find it and then agree on it, and it's their fucking thing, and people are just obsessed with getting the fix of it. You know, it's like cult super love, you know? I mean, that's a beautiful compliment. That's sort of what you're hoping for, you know? I, I, I think so. Well, no, no. Shit's Creek is, what's funny is, I feel like I started watching it a bit, in the first season, I don't know what mm-hmm. it aired on. It was on Pop. It's on but Pop. Feel, but no, but I saw it on something. Netflix, likely. Yeah. Um, no, I saw it. I think I saw it through Pop at first. Because okay. for some reason, I used to have Pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I watch it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the show really took on like a whole different life once it was added to Netflix. Well, we. I mean, yeah. In the trajectory, I think, of the show, we have now somehow gotten like two premieres. So we get yeah. the right. pop premiere, and then six months later, we get a Netflix premiere. And I feel like the people that are watching it on Netflix aren't watching it on pop, and the people that are pop- watching it on pop don't but it's need also to watch it on Netflix. In Canada, too. So yeah. It's like three premieres. A day before. Okay. So for Ooh, us, Canada. we've been basically being like, can't we do the same day? Because this <laughs> live tweeting shit is All right. really intense why for does, two days. Why does Canada just wants the. They just want the. Well, I mean, it can't. I guess. I mean, I don't. Why? I mean, why can't America? Can't you argue with Canada? <laughs> Canada. Yeah. Can't you bully Canada? Listen, I love Canada. It's I love gr- my hometown. It's great. <laughs> my hometown of Canada. It's setting a My bar. hometown of Canada. My hometown of Canada. Speaking of, I just watched the. Was that Jimmy Kimmel clip where they were just asking people in the street about like, pick a country. Oh, right. Some clip going around where it's like asking Americans to pick a country on a map, and it's just a blank map with all of the countries on it. And no one could pick a country. <laughs> Deeply pathetic. Oh, yes. good. Sounds like America. <laughs> well, so, or me uh, at this point. So, <laughs> how much time do you spend in Canada? We shoot there for three months, and then we're sort of there for post after that, and yeah. we put it all together. But you live here, so I'm yeah. I'm ba- I mean, I'm back and forth. The funny thing was, I I sort of like moved away from Toronto to come here and like try and make something of myself <laughs> and then six months later it's like yeah back to toronto that'll be where you'll stay for a bit i love i was in toronto shooting something this year and i was like this was it was a with like the crew and everything i was like this is a fun vibe it's, it's like a, it's really low-key yes, and nice yeah it was like a little bit more maybe conducive to just productive creative work because mm-hmm. everyone was just like very on board and polite yeah. and everyone was just trying to get shit done because you're living like beside the dark clouds <laughs> they're there you yeah. know oh, they're sure. there and sometimes you get the like rain spillover but you're not living under them perpetually yeah yeah i was actually i was there during the election uh, our midterm elections and everyone was so they were like you i think it's gonna work out well for you and I was like, thank you guys, because I'm stressed out. And I was like, they actually, and they were like, we're actually kind of nervous too, because you don't realize that this shit fucks everyone up. Oh, yeah. Like everyone's life the is ruined when America's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I was like, guys, I'm, tr- I'm thank you well, for the support. I think, and that's ultimately when it comes to like what we're doing on the show, you just put joy out into the world. Like, try and put good things out. Try and. Make some stuff and make it positive and literally one of my favorite things on the show is your relationship with Patrick. Mm. Uh, I I just think it's that's joyful 
to be. It is joyful. Uh, and, and I just think the character of David is very joyful, too. I know that you're in the new rebrand of Out Magazine, which is coming I, out. Um, <laughs> it came going, out today or something. I well, saw my name on the top and actually had to like double check that it was me. It comes out on the 22nd. Okay, the it cover was, came they, out today. The cover came out right. with Tommy Dorfman and right. Hari Neff. I contributed to the debut issue. It looks uh, beautiful. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, but Do I you just, remember being in it? I do. I remember having the interview, but then I saw my name, and I'm like, that feels way too important for what was going on. But I'm glad. I'm happy to be involved. Uh, but I just love the fact that your character uh, gets to be this, you know, fluid queer character on the show, and it's not a sitcom where it's, you know, it's not family ties. There are no yeah. special episodes about no. you having a friend dying of AIDS or anything. No, there's no consequence negatively uh, associated with the relationship. And I feel like from my experience, generalizing obviously, but a lot of like queer relationships on television are always sort of met with either like some kind of consequence where we're trying to teach someone a lesson of like, you know, it was really important for us to just show the transformational effects of loving in sort of an open an accepting environment. Yeah, so, it feels like a lot of queer relationships on TV, a, a plot point is, how will they deal with terrible straight people? Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't care sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, also, I mean, it must be said about this show, so you're obviously on it with your father and also a comedy legend named Catherine O'Hara. Um, I always say I don't relate to the movie Home Alone because I've never taken Catherine O'Hara for granted. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this many seasons into the show, in which you also write, uh-huh. Have you been proud to give both of those people, comedy legends I've known about my entire life, shit that we would never see them do otherwise or shit that that, that takes them out of their comedy comfort zones? I mean, to articulate it like that is now making me anxious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, listen, to be able to write for both of those people, one of whom is my dad, uh, the other... I, I don't see the resemblance, I'm sorry. It's yes. a prominent brow, but that's it. Um, I mean, it's it's an unbelievable gift, but more importantly, it it really feels almost like the gift has been sort of what I've gotten out of it because writing for them, watching them work is really a masterclass in comedy. It's a masterclass in conducting yourself in entertainment. They're like professionals and kind and really put collaboration first and foremost. And I have heard stories of friends of mine that have written on television shows where that is not the case. In fact, I think for the most part, <laughs> ego and drama sort of prevail in television because it's a very high stakes medium. To be able to be doing what we're doing in an environment that really feels like incubative and uh, collaborative, it that's set by them. That's like a bar that is set by them. And they really are like completely beloved, like in a also, they seem real way. Why Catherine hasn't received an Emmy nomination. Oh God! For her performance, granted, I am biased clearly <laughs> sitting in this chair, but it's wild to me. No, she's like Allison Janney North. She's we love her, <laughs> yeah. and she's capable of anything. When I think about like all of the TV that I love, like when I watch the Emmys, it's almost like it would be nice, but there's just so much good shit that even if everything great mm-hmm. was nominated, it's mm-hmm. just like it's too much. Oh yeah, and so it's this well, it's like, 500 TV shows on yeah. television now, and so you can't possibly. There's something about just being happy with like the shows that you love mm-hmm. and and being really like passionate about them right now in particular TV where even something like the Emmys, like it, it would be great, but you're like, look at what we have. Yeah, you, you know? can't define yourself by the award yes. recognition yeah. like 
at all. Speaking of TV and just a complete little sidebar, I now need to watch you. Yes. Oh, don't worry. We already like monologued. We were oh, just okay. talking about it. Have you seen I me mean, collectively, about it? like, it's a crazy like person. <laughs> I guess I need to watch that now. You know what I would say? Get yourself a Domino's pizza. Check. Get yourself a bottle of red wine. Got if, it. If you happen to make a swing through MedMen, that might be nice too. Wonderful. And uh, get go ready. Go to town. Yeah, go to town. Turn <laughs> on you and just see what happens. Although you'll probably need like cocaine six episodes <laughs> in because it is it is crazy. It is one of the craziest things but I have seen on TV. Tracking this commentary alone is like I don't even know where to begin with. And it. I watch Days of Our Lives every day. This yes. is this is this show was pure lunacy. <laughs> But okay. it was it was in the beginning I was like, Do I like this? Do I like this? And I was like, I don't know if I like it, but I'm in it. I was like, I am in this. <laughs> you like, live this there. So it's a success for the show. It, yes. Listen, I watched it all. Right. Netflix got my <laughs> Netflix got my views. Three Domino's pizzas, four <laughs> bottles of wine later, and we finished the show. Exactly. Yeah. What is your Domino's pizza viewing? What are you like binging in a sort of uh... I just finished the Americans. Oh sure. Which was wild. <clears throat> I always say I would pay Carrie Russell ten thousand dollars to roll her eyes in my face. She, sh I mean, sh she was she looked amazing at the Golden Globes. Going oh back my to the Golden Globes! No, she's like one of these like Michelle Pfeifferish people where it's just you're never gonna look less than like the best human being. Yeah, you know, I'm. We are going to the Critics Choice Awards this weekend, and I, that's congrats all I, on that nomination. I, listen, yes. that's not why I brought it up. <laughs> um, no, we're going, and all I want to do is. Like scope out their table. Oh, you want to be Penn Badgley? There you will and be a stand near Carrie Russell. I will <laughs> you the Americans table. <laughs> I would. I haven't love... even watched the show, but I'm assuming that's what it means. Yes. I would okay. love to watch Carrie Russell and Matthew Reese just like make out. What is that? I mean, they that's part so, of the show. It's just so watching hot. that relationship yes. unfold on camera, knowing it's also happening <sighs> off camera. Right. That sigh, good goodness. It's a I'm very sorry. sexy show. I have loved Carrie Russell since she was since she was stalking a man in New York on Felicity. Two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two men. Two. Excuse yeah. me. I've loved her since Are You Afraid of the Dark? So get on my level. <laughs> Speaking of Canada, which is where that was there filmed. You go. Was yes. it real most okay. Nickelodeon in the nineties was filmed in Canada. Mm -hmm. Do you remember which episode she was in? Of what? Are you afraid of the dark? She was the new cast member they brought in, like to tell stories. Mm. What do you mean, which episode she was to, in? I just wanted to check. Oh God! Oh, you're right. I'm probably making up my knowledge, bitch. <laughs> okay. First of all, I have been down with "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" since that little boy was whispering, "I'm cold." Oh, the, like, the bike episode. Yeah, it's such a good episode. Okay. Uh -huh. Now usually I feel bad about this, being a Canadian. I get up. Really about this. No, usually when they do this, I like to get up, get a Lacroix, uh -huh. maybe do a bathroom break, stretch out. You just let it happen and, I'm and just go leaving take care. Feeling of... bad about my Canadian no. knowledge. <laughs> I don't. I know don't. My trivia. Don't. Okay. Let's go get a LaCroix. Let's go get a LaCroix. I'll fill up my coffee. Yeah. But there was a lot of people that started on that show. I do know that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, what? I want to say Alanis Morissette, or was that another She was on show? Uh, You Can Do That you on, can do that on TV. Yeah, Speaking of Canada. Slimed. Yes. yes. Yeah. Did you ever want to be on that show? Of course. The slimed yeah. one? Or yeah. the or You Were Afraid of the Dark? Either one. I mean, both of them looked ideal. Mm -hmm. Sitting around a campfire sharing ghost stories or getting slimed. <laughs> I mean, sliming probably. The pre-slime would be great. All right. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. Good morning. It does make sense. Mm -hmm. Dan, I love you. Thank you for being here. This was a dream come true, I have to say. 
we we're gonna get you some bigger dreams. Yeah, I don't yeah. want bigger <laughs> dreams. This is it for me, everybody. Or, it's downhill from here. Or at least like enough cash to like give to the Hollywood Foreign Press to give <laughs> Catherine O'Hara and the show a globe. I feel like we could accomplish that. Listen, it's. I think just like to wrap this all up, the awards things. You realize how much politics goes into. Oh like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It is wild. It's crazy. If Lady Gaga can't win. Okay. That goes against, <laughs> I think, what I'm yeah. talking about. <laughs> I was just talking about the politics of it all. I know. She wore an entire linens and things. She too. dressed yeah. for them. Yeah. She yeah. did it all for them. She won for American Horror Story. I thought she had it in the bag. I feel like once you're in, you're in. Guys, yeah. nothing is real. That's going to be the 29th. As we go the into this year, it's none like of this blessings. is real. It, I don't know what's happening. It's all chaos. None of this is real. Enjoy the illusion unless it kills you. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. felt like being ghosted after six Tinder dates. Right. That's how she felt, probably. It's none of it's real. This, is, this isn't even happening right now, guys. Yeah. Well, you know what is happening? Shit's Creek comes back for its fifth season on Wednesday, January 16th in America. In America with two back-to-back episodes, no less. Yeah. I'm daunted. Giving America what they want. Give them what they want. An hour of TV. (laughs) (laughs) When we're back, we're going to talk about my favorite person in the world, Kevin Hart. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see Footprints in the Sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? (laughs) No? Uh, If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And I am the coziest a human being can be. Because, by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's, like, pretty mild outside. And then your apartment is cold. I can't explain Mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. (laughs) Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire... Michelle Obama to reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. 
Black perspectives have it always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the Black Experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Well, in case you missed it, the Romans took Kevin Hart and nailed him to a cross last week. Oh. He is dying for our sins (laughs) and his homophobic jokes. I cannot believe we're still talking about this. I know. We like to keep the topics fresh. Like, trust us, we don't want to talk about this that much more, but he keeps adding to the conversation. He has wasted so much collectively of our time with this bullshit. A story that really shouldn't have been a story. Nope, sure. All you had to do was apologize. You would still be hosting the Oscars. No one would or, care. Or quit and be quiet about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also would have taken that. But no, Kevin Hart is still on his apology tour where he hasn't truly apologized. And last week he made an appearance on The Ellen Show where he announced that he was, quote unquote, evaluating if he should return to host the Oscars after all, after Ellen (laughs) literally just sat there saying, Kevin, you're my friend. I think you should host the Oscars. I think you should host the Oscars. I called the Academy and told them to take you back. I started a hashtag for you to come back to the Oscars. First of all, couldn't you have texted the Academy? The Academy saw Ellen's seventh call and were like, if this heifer calls (laughs) one more time. Send an email. It's mind-boggling. Just, okay, first of all, as somebody who is obsessed with the Oscars, let me just say, I, pardon me if I've said this before, I don't usually care who the host is. Right. It's like people who are obsessed with football, it's like who is performing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. You know, it's just, it's like, I guess I'll see it. <laughs> but I'm not going to, years later with my boys, be like, oh my God, remember when the Dixie Chicks killed it in 03? <laughs> no, it's not going to happen. So the fact that we're still on this conversation is so stupid, but- the thing that was horrible about it was when he's sitting across from Ellen, he keeps referencing these years of apologies he's given. <laughs> and by the way, we all have the internet, Kevin. So we can see your your like alleged apologies. And most of the time, everything he has said up till now about his homophobic tweets, which we recounted in another episode, amount to, I wouldn't say those things now because people are more sensitive. And let me tell you something, Kevin. I already know you have a problem with wimpiness because one of the jokes you made was about smashing a dollhouse on your gay kid's head. So I already knew you had a problem with sensitivity. And not even the Ibsen book. No, right. <laughs> you know, I, for me... Which would hurt more. Press, with that prestige. <laughs> that play is so big. It's for so me, the Kevin Hart stuff, I've just found so profoundly like uninteresting. Like, I thought his tweets were boring, stupid homophobia. It should have just been an immediate, like, oh, this is not okay. We're done. Yeah. I thought the conversation around it is uninteresting. The most interesting thing that's happened was the Ellen conversation because I think it brought up conversations about 
marginalized groups and who is or isn't allowed to forgive that's kind of interesting but it is very much like I think about a lot of the things that I wrote for Jezebel which was very like racism 101 like by the way this is bad like I don't think people are having interesting conversations to your point I don't think anyone gives a shit who's hosting the Oscars and it was just like you're wasting our time with something that should have been such a quick like oh look what we found great we're done with him yeah it this didn't none of this needed to continue and it's so uninteresting and it's taking away from other things that we could be having conversations about. And also, by the way, we could be having a valuable conversation about like different kinds of homophobia. But for the most part, we got another quote unquote apology from Kevin alongside Ellen, where he said the words Kevin Hart 50 times and the word homophobia once. It was very weird that he kept referring to himself in the third person. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, oh, man, Kevin Hart's going to get to I didn't even get to bask in the glow of Kevin Hart gets to host the Oscars. I'm like, do you know that you're Kevin Hart? It was watching Ellen, too, just sit there and saying nothing. nothing. And it was really it was that moment of like, oh, it's just because you're all rich and famous. Like you're all operating. It's kind of like it's not good. Right. But you're like, wow, they have really abandoned all of these other things that might have been dividers between them because they're both super rich and yeah. famous. And it really was like the shit about the haters on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And that shit was like, oh, Ellen is just sort of caping for someone else who's at her kind of like power level and that's what she cares about and it really was like oh that is you're different because of the situation that you're in now right that's mostly what i addressed uh in the piece that i wrote for the hollywood reporter oh do you still write uh, i meant to discourage you from doing that go ahead well you know w once i finish my novel on 16th century shoes in russia uh -huh. you will find out how great a writer i am okay well until fucking then okay <laughs> the czars are waiting for it <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they call them in Russia? Czars, yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Anyway, I just wrote about the fact that the self-preservation of celebrities mm -hmm. is wild. Crazy. Because you could tell Ellen was like, I'm a comedian. I'm wealthy. Kevin Hart's a comedian. He's wealthy. We are sort of vibing. I mentioned that it was completely different from when she did an actual interview with Caitlyn Jenner on her views on same-sex marriage which were wonky because <laughs> Ellen, as a lesbian who is married to Portia de Rossi, Caitlyn Jenner having fucked up views about same-sex marriage affected her. Right. You know? And so she was pissed off and she had something to say. Also, Caitlyn Jenner is a Republican. She's part of the Kardashian family. She voted for Trump. It's obvious that Ellen isn't fucking with her and like doesn't go to parties where she's at yeah whereas with the kevin hart thing it wasn't even an interview it was just no. sort of like oh here's my friend it was sort of like and then her trying to convince him to take the job back right it was sort of like if i have a friend that kara doesn't like but i'm still friends with that person i invite kara to dinner and then i invite that friend to dinner and i'm just like well, I like them. You should still be <laughs> friends with them. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it gave me a little bit of a Me Too thing in that the men that have spoken out and said dumb things, it's because they're kind of afraid it could happen to them. Not kind of. They're afraid it could happen to him. And the Ellen thing was a little like she maybe could see a world where the trolls and the quote unquote haters are coming after her, another rich comedian, that kind of thing. And it seemed like she was like, that's well, to be where fair, it was they coming did. From. You remember right. on the Ellen show? When she was literally <laughs> slammed for that entire dog adoption. Oh my incident. god! Yes, and yeah. then she did this tearful, 
um, yeah. thing on TV that was obnoxious and wild. It was early days of Twitter. If it happened now, she would have gotten right. dragged But to you hell. could see, like, she's kind of afraid that, like, what happened to Kevin Hart could happen to her, which was why she probably felt the need to to jump into this and to control that narrative and to do whatever she did with it. And, like, it's a it's it's a little – I mean, it's not a little. Like, it's sad and just also – so deeply unnecessary. Okay. Also, something to me that was so interesting and kind of un-Ellen about the whole situation was I feel like she's somebody who, like, for instance, Kevin Hart keeps talking about basically a conspiracy against him and his reputation. I feel like Ellen is one of these people who, like, is a master of dealing with people online and kind of calming people down and sort of being like, it's okay that we all have these negative feelings or whatever. We can work through them. She basically was taking his side and being like, these people who don't like you, you're right. What is wrong with them? That felt very unlike her to me. To be fair, I feel like it's also couched in the fact that there are constantly always rumors that Ellen is kind of not as nice as she pretends to be on TV. Which would make me love her. And I feel like part of it is she's always dealing with the things. Like when people who used to work for Ellen are always like, this was a bad experience for me. I feel like part of that was couched in her being like, I've had people saying that, like, I'm awful. I have the haters mm-hmm, after me. Mm-hmm. I get what Kevin's going through. Like Kara said, the only interesting thing that really happened was seeing pieces from queer black people responding to the Ellen thing. Right. And especially Don Lemon, who at this point, I think. Is has been replaced by whatever right. body double is living in the White House pretending to be Melania because the Don Lemon who is on CNN addressing this is not the Don Lemon. Is not the Don Lemon that once said to a woman who had been raped, "Why didn't you like fight back and bite his penis?" Basically, <laughs> not not the same man. Brand new Don Lemon. <laughs> I really liked how he got to the point of listen. We all hate it when people are like. The black community is more homophobic than the white community because white people are just as homophobic. Well, there's like studies that they're literally not. Yeah. And they are the ones who pass anti-gay legislation in America. But there is the idea that we do not address homophobia in the black community, especially when it comes to, you know, black male stars like a Kevin Hart. These things are things that like black queer people are supposed to just sort of brush off it's a thing where it's sort of like oh he said like a homophobic joke and his response of people are too sensitive now is why he doesn't tell those jokes suggests that he in no way has thought about it where he's like those jokes are harmful to people it's just sort of like oh it's just jokes i'm making fun of gay people like we all do that well what i the the thing about the don lemon stuff and what you said about the articles that came out it was a it's a that conversation right about homophobia within the black community needs to happen with black people white people have no business being part of that conversation and so don lemon speaking to this other person and those writers having that conversation like this is something that like we need to deal with the way like white people should talk about white people and homophobia and i think that that's sometimes where the conversation gets muddled Mm -hmm. and so it was like great this is a time for like us to talk about this together and and try to come to something and like there hasn't really been that opportunity where like those were the voices that were being elevated and getting a chance to talk about well and it's particularly hard to have those conversations because now that you know media is so much more mainstream and accessible via social media you know black 
Twitter can't even have a conversation without, without people jumping without, uh, without white people <laughs> jumping in or like a white media outlet reprinting what yeah. has been said or what's trending on it. It's the idea that, you know, you see a media takeout, the shade room, things like these which report on black celebrity. You look at the comment section and they are dripping with homophobia, misogyny. It's like these are conversations that I don't think that people in black media outlets are properly addressing. And it's a thing that we really do need to have that intra-community conversation without sort of talking with white people. Yeah. The thing that really upset me about Nick Cannon after... What did he do? Well, remember, because he was defending Kevin Hart at first. All these dummies who've right? been defending him. <laughs> and the thing that he was doing when we talked about before, when he was like, well, you know, I remember when Sarah Silverman oh, or yeah. uh, Amy Chelsea Schumer Hammer, or Charles yeah. Hammer made these things. I was like, we're not talking about these white people. We're talking about you. Yeah. You know, we're talking about why no one batted an eye that Rick Ross, you know, just said fag in a new song on a Meek Mill and J track. It's right. like, Jay-Z, you are married to Beyonce. We know you got approval before that song came out. Right. Why is that on that song? Can I also, Kevin Hart, I don't know if you know this, but it's not hard to search tweets, you dummy. When he was up there like, they combed through my thousands of tweets. They're coming after me. (laughs) You moron, it's a word search. (laughs) Like, did he really think people scrolled through? He sounded like he thought people scrolled through thousands of tweets. And I was like, we already know you shouldn't be up here talking, but I was like, you really shouldn't be up here talking if that's what you think is happening. That's how we know celebrities don't know how to use a fucking exactly. internet. Exactly. Right. That's what we, you're not involved in any of this. <laughs> I say like, Alexa Kevin Hart fag, and she's like, here are 20 pages. <laughs> it's also the fact that maybe, just maybe, people knew about the homophobic tweets already. Right, And, exactly. and just decided to ignore them because you're famous and we're like, let's just not fuck up his money. But then when you started to be announced as the Oscars host, a show which a lot of gay people give a fuck about, people are like, hey, didn't he tweet fag a bunch of times? Did a quick search and it came up. Well, I resent the fact, the idea that Kevin Hart thinks he's so important that everyone was just like, every, like the gays got together and said, let's get the, right. let's let's get our plan together. After all, there are down. seven of them. Right. I'm we like, were at brunch right. and we were like, who I'm are we like, taking down dude, this week? None of Kevin this, Hart. None of this was hard. It didn't take a long time. It didn't take a lot of effort. No one was trying to bring you down. This is real easy. And also, by the way, he seems obsessed with the idea that we get some sort of thrill over like taking gigs away from him. Honey, I do not lose sleep because you didn't book Carnegie Hall. I do not care. You will be famous anyway. You know, it's just, it literally was a simple question. We talked about this the other week. Just a comprehensive, actual apology, a reckoning with the culture in which these words and slurs exist would have been enough. We would have been fine with you hosting the Oscars because, again, we don't care who hosts the if Oscars. Men, guys, if men knew how to apologize, we would have been done with this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Weeks ago. I was like, I cannot believe, or just like a publicist. I'm like, who is your publicist? Yeah. Who? Like, oh, just a well-worded fucking statement, and we would have been done with this I'm, shit. The, like, remember when, like, Scarlett Johansson apologized for whatever role she had taken that was Asian or something? And then she, or, oh, no, the transgender role that she almost took. And then she, wh- whatever PR person she paid 2500 to, <laughs> they did a great job. Right. Write it all out. Which reminds me that we did not bring out the fact that Emma Stone shouted, I'm sorry, oh, during Sandra O's monologue that was about very funny. Asian and Aloha. Yes. That was hilarious. Uh, I just lastly want to say that 
Don Lemon also said that Kevin Hart can help change homophobia in the black community, <laughs> and I'm not expecting him to really be a beacon of change. It is Kevin Hart. Uh, I wouldn't ask him to help me order at a restaurant, but I will say that there's something to be said about media, um, television, and film when we see black queer stories told on like Empire or um, anything else. It's usually by a, or like Lena Waithe doing something. Mm -hmm. It's usually by a black queer artist and it feels very hard sometimes being part of such a small community trying to tell these stories. And the way that Regina King, um, my goddess, Mm -hmm. at the Globes was like, you know, Include more women in your films and in your crews. And when we talk about fixing diversity and uh, gender parity in Hollywood, it usually involves adding more people of color, adding more women to uh, things. One thing you could easily do is just work with more queer people. You know, it would not hurt Kevin Hart's career to make a comedy where the lead opposite him is Alina Waithe or even like, Titus from like Unbreakable yeah. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. You know, if we see more straight men, particularly black straight men, reaching out and doing things like that, I think that that could go a long way. And it's something that we actually never demand of people. You know, it's also better than an apology. It is better than you know? an apology. <laughs> I don't want an apology. I want a check. Yeah. So. Oh, that's beautiful. So you're gonna, Ira will be. <laughs> Ira will be in the next Kevin Hart. I will be in Get Hard (laughs) 2. Wanda Sykes is going to play your manager at a store. (laughs) Uh, But we're back. Uh, R. Kelly. Whatever. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Last week, Lifetime aired the docuseries Surviving R. Kelly a painful window into the torment and damage that survivors of Kelly's sexual abuse faced. His crimes have been a lot. As in there have been a lot of them. Yes, there have been a lot of them, from knowingly passing along STDs, sexually abusing underage girls, 
allegedly holding women in sex cults. Basically, the documentary got into all of that shit, and it had some lovely interviews from John Legend, Tarana Burke, was executive produced by Dream Hampton. It was a necessary documentary to come out, and I'm glad that so many people saw it and watched it, but I also couldn't get through the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Because just watching two episodes, I was like, this is I actually, I was like, I don't want to watch because one, I know about this, so I'm not the one that needs like black my fucking, women don't need yeah, to be watching. I was like, it. I'm not the one that needs my eyes opened about this. But I was also just like, I I don't want to sit there and watch like black women in extreme pain, which is something that like I feel like we see on screen so much anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I personally can't do that. But um, I'm glad that it has. But you know what's interesting? Most of the people I've seen talking about it are black women. So, you know, we've already been talking about it. Yeah, and, like, it really was when you saw that you're like, well, who else is watching this? And who else perhaps doesn't feel moved enough to say anything? Or maybe maybe they're just not watching it at all. But it was still black women talking about and supporting other black women. I will say watching – I saw the first three episodes of it. I I do think it's interesting, like, reconciling how apathetic – everybody was just even about initial rumors of him well before even tapes came out. I mean, I even think about like conversations I had as like a young teenager where you would hear like, Oh, um, did you hear he like married Aaliyah? But you would say it in the same way. Like you would talk about an unsubstantiated Hollywood queen, like claim, like I heard Tom Cruise is gay. Like you would believe it's true or not true. And then not talk about it again. When the fact was we actually did have all this evidence against him. And it should have been a much more serious conversation from the start. Um, so watching that, I kept thinking about how unserious the conversation was for so long. That said, watching it, I was surprised at how lifetimey the music cues were watching this. It felt a little like there was melodrama where it didn't need to be melodrama because the interviews themselves were so harrowing. It was so imp- nearly impossible to watch. I almost could have just watched, you know, those interviews without anything else without explanation in between them and been kind of a little bit more satisfied by the the project well the the creepiest uh uh some of the interviews were especially that one with the juror where the juror was like uh i didn't believe those girls who talked about what r kelly had done to them because i didn't like how they dressed Mm -hmm. and that was just it's what we already know. You I know, mean, the idea that people look at young black girls, look at young black men, see them as older, see them as deserving of things that happen to them. Also, I mean, like, why the fuck was Charlemagne there? Right. You know, I like... have no idea why Charlemagne was involved, especially since he has rape allegations himself. Right. It was, it's aired, the conversation is happening. Like, it really is now, like, kind of holding your breath and seeing what's going to come from it, if anything. Um, There is a bunch of people that need to fucking say something. Like, so far, like, John Legend was in the documentary. Mm -hmm. Chance the Rapper has expressed his regret for working with him. There have been artists that, Omarion was like, he, did you know R. Kelly wrote Bump, Bump, Bump by B2K? And he was like, after this tour, I'm not going to perform that song anymore. Tank, tank, uh, yeah, Button B on Instagram. I'm like, fuck our Kelly. Exactly. So you've had, but there are, are a ton more people that need to open their mouths about this. You know what? While she's on her long Oscar tour, I would love if anybody 
would ask Lady Gaga about it. Mm -hmm. Because that was not long ago. It it was not. truly has not really addressed working with him on Do What You Want. I remember that creepy-ass performance they did at whatever award show it was. That Marilyn-themed? Yes, where she was Marilyn, he was the president. Gross. It was creepy. There's a video that never aired. It's... Unfortunate that the song is a banger. I know. But I listen to the Christina version when it does come yeah, on. The Christina's version is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also has not really addressed it. And that's what we're talking about. The people who need to hear it. I know that the little monsters always get <laughs> mad on Twitter when you bring it up. Like, she dropped the video. She doesn't work with him. That was so long ago. I'm like, but as with the Kevin Hart thing, it does not hurt to repeat that you are sorry for something and that you shouldn't have done it. And now it's like the tide is hopefully turning. It is not, I mean, it's not courageous for Lady Gaga to say anything now. Totally. It's just like, it's just what you should be doing. It will not harm you. You will be fine. Like the notion that this is going to impact you negatively when it can only help things. It's just like, there is no, this is not a brave thing to do now. It's just a thing you should be doing. And also, by the way, I'm remembering correctly, she was the one who was on Colbert after Christine Blasey Ford testified and she had that, amazing kind of monologue about that situation. It's like, you can't tell me Lady Gaga wouldn't have something insightful to say about this. Well, she had the Oscar performance with all of those sexual violence and abuse victims. It's like, you, in particular, you should have been opening your mouth about this. Yeah. But there's a bunch of you. There's There's a a bunch of people. There is a bunch of people. Because R. Kelly seemed to be working with goddamn everybody. (laughs) Honestly, Jay-Z, Best of both worlds. Damon Dash actually did say something. Yeah, he yeah. said that he remembered saying that like it was wild that Jay-Z was working with R. Kelly. And he took his name off of the project. Yeah. I re- even Brooks Whelan uh, from SNL had a tweet where he said that he never really paid attention to a lot of things uh, on the show, but he remembers when R. Kelly was there like backstage for something, and he said he remembers asking Keenan Thompson who that was and Keenan was like he's bad stay away from him (laughs) (laughs) Jesus wow more stuff like that everyone was so ready to come out and say that they denounce Harvey Weinstein Mm -hmm. I just wish that more people in the music industry would come out and denounce R. Kelly particularly white people because it would show that they care about the black people that they work with, the black people who listen to their music. And really just all victims. It just shows that it's like yeah. there are all types of victims. There are so many types of women that have been abused and that have, have been exposed to this. And it's like you're just showing that you care about all of them because you, we've done a really good job of showing that we care about rich white actresses who have been, you know, who've been sexually assaulted and harassed and things like that. It's just it's just a matter of being like, I care about all victims. And also, I just think the more commentary there is on him, I still feel like on some mainstream level, we haven't hit the level of monstrousness he actually is. I still feel like it hasn't been fully like cemented in everybody's mind. Guys, this is like so, so insanely, unprecedentedly awful. You know, I still feel like people like he's a bad guy. I want I wanted to get to the level of he is it is it is crazy that we let him do anything for as long as we did. Yeah. All right, when we're back. Keep it. And we're back. It's 2019 and 
This is still my favorite segment of the episode. Still? Yeah. We get to be mean. Yeah. As if we're like super nice the rest of the episode. It's okay. <laughs> we get to remind people that the show is called Keep It. Right. And we're talking about things we don't like. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people stumble in and they're like, oh my God, they were mean to that thing. Mm-hmm. It's called Keep It. It's not called I Love This. <laughs> it's not I'm loving it. Although Lewis will do his gymnastics oh, yeah. to sometimes keep it to something that ends up being like a positive. It's, turn- just, it's just him saying nice things about someone. I love it in a weird way. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see if Lewis is actually going to say keep it to something <laughs> this week. Go ahead. You know what? <laughs> it actually is a little twisted. Okay. Keep it to the best actress race this year because somebody has been left out of it. Uh, <laughs> see. I think that counts. Betty Davis and now Voyager. Oh, but did you watch that recently? I did. Isn't it so amazing? It's great. She's so it's camp, but also fabulous. Tony Collette and Hereditary. I just saw this movie. I, I don't know what it took me forever to get to it. So I had just heard it was a horror movie. It is four movies in one. It is a family tragedy drama. It is a, a kind of gothic horror movie, and then a regular horror movie. This woman, Tony Collette, gives. I'm, I'll say four different performances that are all staggering. I mean, look, I like Glenn Close and the Wife. I like Lady Gaga and A Star is Born. Those are lingering in the three-star category for me. This is an all-time performance, and it is wild that it has not broken into the Oscars discussion. Or if it has, it's been ver- it's been quieter than it needs to be. Because I don't know if you watched United States of Terra. She's slated on that, too, with her like 80 characters who all wore different baseball hats and stuff. So keep it to, to the Tony best actress Col- race. To the- not including yes. Tony Collette. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Tony Ben Collette. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> Mariel's wedding. Uh, the Sixth Sense. I love In Her Shoes. I am a fan of In Her Shoes. I feel. Oh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. She was amazing in. I love Tony Collette. Yeah. So Tony Collette rules. Her every facial expression is shocking. You know what she's kind of like. You know how Julia Roberts, she doesn't have to move her face much because she has big features, so everything registers in a huge way on a big screen for her? That's how Toni Collette is. She can, like, wince suddenly, and it's so theatrical, and yet not trying too hard. So I'm rooting for her to get into this conversation. Well, can't wait till she's off-Broadway in the hot L Baltimore. (laughs) Anyway, Kara, what's your keep it? My keep it is to the chatter and hubbub around the Fiji water girl at the Golden Globes. This was literally just a woman hired for the night to serve water to people. Yes. She's standing there with her tray of water, trying to do her job in the background. And every th- people were like trying to make it into a meme because she knows she's on camera. So she's not going to be sitting there picking her nose. Like it wasn't weird that she was standing there looking photogenic the whole time. She can see the cameras. Do you know how cameras work? She sees them right in front of her. She sees Lapita Nyong'o standing two feet in front of her. And she knows people are taking her picture. And it really was like a desperate grab to make the Golden Globes like sort of interesting or funny this year. And it was a lame attempt Lamer than usual. I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out the Globes were behind it. Like that kind of yeah. thing. Because it's not interesting. It's, it's yeah. like, that was, she was a waiter. That, yeah. <laughs> that's what you guys were laughing at. She has a Look, facial it's, expression. It's a woman serving water. Well, <laughs> I say keep it uh, the Fiji water girl because we're sponsored by LaCroix. That's right. Also, I think Fiji water is bad for the environment. Because of the plastic bottles? No, I think they like they do something they shouldn't do to get the water. You know well, what they also aren't? Peach pear, like all good water. This is true. Well, you They're know They're not what? effervescent. Precisely. Call out Linka and the rest of the planeteers. planeteers. <laughs> let's take down Fiji water. 
Kwame, get over here. Yeah. I don't. I was. I don't even care enough. You know, I was like, none of this is interesting. Who who was water? Was it Guy? Guy, yes. Guy, mm-hmm. yeah. I yeah. was deep Linka though. Yeah. Fuck Fiji. Okay. <laughs> Unless you want to write us a check. Anyway, my keep it is to Beyonce. Now, who is that? Wow, well, she is a popular singer from oh, 1945. The yeah, right. Used to perform Harmony at you know, Opera. The, yes, cotton, yes. the cotton clubs in Harlem. Uh, she was sure. very popular there. Mm-hmm. No, so not to Beyonce in general because obviously I love her. But yesterday Beyonce showed up at Target in Westwood. Oh, she was she was in Westwood. Yeah, it was the Westwood Target. Mm-hmm. Which, first of all, fuck that Target. I do not love that uh, Target. It's a trash Target. Uh, she should have been the one on La Brea. Precisely. I will say though, the concept of Beyonce just strolling through Target. Like she's nobody, just going through the aisles is so upsetting to me. <laughs> Target is a place where I put on my sweatpants, I run in, get what I need, plus three hundred dollars worth of things I don't need. Right? Do you think Beyonce's like mm, a five dollar copy of Top Gun? I'll take it. <laughs> it is supposed to be a safe haven for when you are looking a mess. When you run into your friends at Target, you were sort of just like. Hey, Everyone acts like they a, don't know each right. other. Everyone is has the the common sense to just sort of like say hi and keep walking because neither of you wants to have that conversation. No. Yes, I look not, if I'm in Target, I look like a Nick Nolte mugshot. Yes, so the concept of me just rolling in the Target and then all of a sudden Beyonce strolls through an aisle that is so upsetting to me because now I feel like I need to actually put on clothes when I go to Target from now on. Well, you're like ugh, trying to find the Drano. Like, right. oh, what aisle is it? And then, wham, you run into Beyonce in a peach jumpsuit. And, like, girl, someone can do this for you. And meanwhile, you question. look like you just left the gym. Yeah. What was she getting that she had to pick it up herself? I just have I to know. I think she just like I've heard this from inside sources, but she just likes going to Target. Which is, I mean, listen, fair. I no. love going to Target. But um, <laughs> she just likes it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think she's... I don't think it's like, ah, oh, Jay, Jay's like, we're out of toilet paper. And she's like, no one else can get it but me. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, you know, I feel like I feel like being a commoner today. No, so I will go to Target and I'm, I end up leaving with just grape icebreakers. Like nothing. Guys, on Sunday was my mom's day to go to Target where she would leave in the morning, leave us with my dad for hours. And that was just what she would do. And she would come back with a ton of shit we didn't necessarily need. But that was her time. She was like, it's Sunday. I'm going to Target. Be with your dad. I don't care what you kids are doing. This is my time. I walked to the Target once and bought a 75-inch TV. <laughs> I went there for air freshener. Over Christmas, I, when I'm home for like holiday or whatever, I will go to Target and just wait for like people from high school to walk around so I can tell them my life is great. Guess where I live? A coast. Target's like my <laughs> HQ for showing up my old enemies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you literally are Mavis from Young Adult. That's, yeah, yes. The Juicy Couture sweatpants, that's me. Uh, so you want Beyonce to stop going to Target? Yeah, I want her to stop going to Target. Or, or Beyonce, go to Target in your sweatpants. Yes. Yeah, she looked pretty smashing. She looked incredible, yeah. yeah. Show up looking sweaty in some Ivy Park, girl. Mm-hmm. That's one, promo for Ivy Park, and two, you know, you'll make us feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. She's not going to do that. She's certainly not. There's a fan following her through Target. She's she is, like, she is so rude. <laughs> she called ahead. 
turn on all the fans in aisle seven when I walk through. That wasn't a bystander who took that photo. She had Julius do it. Yeah, that was like Solange herself. All right, this has been Keep It. First one of 2019. First one of 2019. Thank you to Dan Levy for being on the show. And thank you as always to Karen Lewis for brightening my day. Is that what we did? Yeah. I'm not up to thanking you yet, but we'll get there. All right, well, fuck you. (laughs) We'll see you next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Here you are. BPM's high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not.